Welcome to the Inspire Teacher's Guide podcast. We are Kim Watkins and Laura Woldridge. We are so glad that you joined us. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. It's another day on... Dyslexia. My yes, my favorite topic. Yeah. It's what I do all day long. So um, last time, Laura, we talked about just what it is. Mm-hmm. So what stood out to you on well, last week's episode? A great reminder is it is not an an indicator of low intelligence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to remember that. Yeah. Um, these kids are very, very smart and we, there's something holding them back, but we need to acknowledge their intelligence yes. and, and talk with them about high level things and expose them to great things because they can comprehend it. Absolutely. Their vocabularies are usually way high and it's always a shock usually to parents because they've got these really bright children and then they start to school in this reading thing, which should be easy, like everything else that they're doing, you know, it seems to come to them easily. And then all of a sudden they can't, they can't break this code. Um, It's just a why the way the brain is wired. And so we in dyslexia therapy um, really just re build new wiring systems. Mm -hmm. We rewire the brain. So that's, that's really what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited today because talk about empowering. That's what you're going to do for us today. You're going to equip us with easy to implement and maybe some other, at least lots of easy to implement things, some yeah. maybe a little more difficult, but um, things that we can do as teachers or as parents um, to help support those students with dyslexia. The biggest thing we can ever do for students with dyslexia is give them extra time. Mm. Uh, they um, tend to process a little bit slower. They think things through. And especially if it has to do with reading, their reading fluency may not ever be where it needs to be. Uh, I know, you know, I'm a mom and Landon just made an A in um, microbiology and an A in chemistry. Gosh, that's amazing. I know. So yeah, proud of him. I did not have a disability. Absolutely. Absolutely. His uh, professors have been wonderful with him as far as uh, accommodating for him. Mm-hmm. But extra time is the biggest thing for him. Like I, on his ACT, when he took that uh, dyslexic kid, dysgraphic kid, scored 27 on the reading part of the ACT. And that's because he had extended time. Mm-hmm. So giving them extra time to complete assignments and do assignments and just think things through is a very big deal and giving them repetitions. Yeah. 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 So that's the biggest thing. So in a classroom, as far as materials and routines, there are several things that we need to think about. One thing is the print that may, they may need their print enlarged. And the other thing that we can do that is a huge deal for them is to give them audiobooks. Okay. They have to have audiobooks. One place that teachers and students can go is Learning Ally. There, there's thousands of audiobooks on there. It's about $70 a year if a family wanted to do it for their kids. It has textbooks, it has novels, it has just mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of books in human read. Okay. Voice. It's not computer read, which makes it a little bit harder. Um, there are add ons we can do to Google. Read, write is one of them. Okay. So they can speak and it'll write what they're saying. And then you can, if it's in a Google Doc, 
you can press read and it'll read it to you, but it's a computerized voice. So that's a little bit harder, but read, write is free. It's just a, it's just a Google add on. That's one thing teachers can do. They can send students um, their assignment in a Google doc with the read, write add on, and it'll read that assignment to them. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's easy. It's easy. It's so easy. And, And especially, you know, so many of our assignments and our modifications and accommodations really on our IEPs and 504s say that the assignment must be read to them. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm a teacher and I'm teaching fourth grade and I've got 28 students, or let's go with 25, 25 students in my class, that the math is easier to do with 25, then I'm going to have five or six kids in my class, four to six, who have characteristics of dyslexia. Okay. I can't read, you know, they may be in different places. Mm-hmm. So that read-write um, application add-on is a really simple fix for teachers. Yeah. yeah. And it's free. Hey, that's a yeah. tip. Yeah. So speech to text so- software is huge. There's Bookshare and Learning Ally that are, that uh, Bookshare is free. Okay. You have to apply for it. Te- we'll put the link in, in the notes, but it is free. Teachers have to go online and they have to provide documentation that they're providing um, accommodations for a student who has oh. a disability. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's another audio book. Yes. It's a free online library for students with disabilities. Hmm. It's called Bookshare. Um, they need young children will not be able to copy near to far. So if we want them to copy something, they need it right beside them. Okay. So they not need- from the board to your. Can't do it. It's too hard. Uh, they lose their place. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be right beside them. Uh, they need an alphabet strip or uh, an alphabet chart beside them because they still have trouble forming letters correctly. So they need that. They the Kids need lots of extra time. I already said that. Um, I use bookmarks or colored strips. I have, uh, I got them at Amazon. It's just, it looks like a ruler kind of. And in the middle, I've got yellow, red, and blue. That does not help them see better, but it does help them focus better on the words that they're reading. Okay, so kind of like a line guide? Like It is a line guide. Okay. To keep them from losing their place. Yeah. They need uh, directions given to them explicitly okay, and maybe a chart with everything written down that they're supposed to do. We teach kids to highlight the directions, what they are supposed to do. It's the same thing we talked about with students who have attention issues. Okay. That highlighting brings their attention to what they need to get done because uh, if if you remember when we talked about it the other day, they really have trouble with working memory. So when we give them a list of directions, they can't keep up with all of it. So if we give it to them written down, they can. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just tested a little girl this week who has characteristics of dyslexia. And when I did the working memory part of the test, the, it's a part where I say it's random numbers. So I'll say like, say a zip code, not our 72450. She would say the numbers, but they would be all mixed up. So okay. think, think, and she did that over and over. Her working memory was, phonological memory was very weak. And so if you think about that in terms of a classroom where we are talking a lot, mm-hmm. 
And giving a lot of directions. And giving a lot of directions. That baby is going to get lost. Mm. She is. And she's very quiet, very timid, and a well-behaved child. And so we we might not ever know that that child doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have another little girl in one of my groups that's like that. And I have to, even in a small group, once I give the directions for what we need to do, I have to restate it to her and have her state it back to me because she gets it all mixed up. So having them restate the directions back to you. So that's a routine that we can do. Uh, We really have to simplify our directions for them. So we need to give them small bits of work at a time, not mm-hmm. huge assignments. Again, like we talked about with attention, yeah. they just need Chunky. a very, they need to chunk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might have them just do half of the assignment. Their brains are working twice as hard and they get really tired. Okay. And what I have noticed with them, Laura, is the longer they work, the less accurate they are, mm. and the more problems they have. Kind of like when we get tired, we just yeah. start making mistakes. Yeah. yeah. It just, they get t- tired much quicker. Okay. Mm-hmm. We we need to really be very thoughtful about what we have up in our classroom mm-hmm. because they get distracted by that. So and watch they, the clutter on the wall or yes. watching the amount of stuff we put on our walls. The amount of stuff. Make it purposeful and take things down when you don't need it anymore. Yeah. And when they need to focus on something, make sure they have a copy of that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I said highlight essential information and they need more practice. Do you remember what I said about how, ma- how many uh, repetitions they need? Uh, two, I can't tell me the number. I can't. 500 to 1500 repetitions. 1500. Wow. 500 to 1500 repetitions. So they are going to need extra practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But spaced out. Spaced. Yes. Uh, Remi- uh, brains anyway, that make it stick book that we love. Yeah, exactly. That Those spaced intervals. So mm-hmm. practice, practice again in 24 hours, give them a little bit of time for that, for those neural connections to, to get more solid, come back in 36 hours and practice it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good for all brains. All brains. Yes. So they need lots of practice. Um, they need reading guides. So the materials we can provide are, are one thing is a reading guide. Okay. where they, uh, Like an outline or some kind of mm-hmm. reading guide where they can kind of focus on what it is they need to be looking for. Okay. They get lost very easily. Mm-hmm. Another thing we can do is pre-teach. So we tend to think of small groups as reteaching, okay. but if we pull them back and pre-teach some concept and vocabulary, then when they have it in the in their whole group, they they'll be more likely to contribute and feel more self confident. Why have I never thought of that? Yeah, I That's know me brilliant. either. Me either. Uh, they need. For older students, they need your notes. They need an outline. They need the PowerPoint printed out. Whatever it is you're using in your classroom, they need a copy of it. Okay. And that really isn't that difficult to do. Because mm-hmm. you probably already have it done. It's already know. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need lots of visual support. 
you're doing vocabulary, they need a picture of that. Mm. They need to hear you articulate words clearly. Okay. So a lot of these kids have auditory processing issues too. So they need us to slow down mm-hmm. and articulate clearly, make sure you're saying the words crisply and correctly and give them a, a photograph or a picture to go with whatever it is they're learning diagram. Trying, even with older kids trying to use our bodies, you know, yes. like yesterday I was doing vocabulary words with Collier and uh, squirmed was the word mm-hmm. and like, show me, show me, um, show, oh, I, squ- I don't know, squirming and yeah. he lay down on the ground and I was like, now act like you're sitting in a seat and squirm. And so he was just laughing and loved it. Yes, That's what locks in your brain. It does. It has to be, everything has to be multi-sensory for them. Yeah. So they have to hear it, see it, say it, write it mm-hmm. or large motor skills. We, that's why we use sky riding and I mm-hmm. use my lightsabers because they need to do all for all the forms. So Visual. I've been, doing a huge alignment project of the CKLA um, curriculum with our standards in Arkansas. Uh And I I do love CKLA, but of course, like any curriculum, there's some gaps. And one thing that um, the teachers are noticing is they're not holding on to those high frequency words that are being taught, but they're not writing them ever. Uh And so the other day I was like, oh, let's, you know, that'd be simple. They're reading them, they're spelling them and all those things. And let's just incorporate writing. That's right. That's what I noticed too is, so in my spelling every day we do reading and writing and spelling and fluency. And so in my spelling lesson, I write the rules for that lesson on the board. Okay. And we go over what we're learning and practicing at this point with one of two of my groups, it's really just practicing all the skills that they've learned. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really easy for them when that rule is up there, but when they are writing an essay, it doesn't transfer. So they just need lots again, 500 to 15 repetitions with that word. And that does not mean writing that 500 times. Yeah. In one day. (laughs) No, in one day. All that's going to do is wear their little hands out. Yeah. And make them very unhappy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If you give them written instructions and you should Mm -hmm. go over it with them, help them highlight what's important discuss it, make them repeat it back to you. Um, they they get real mixed up on what, what it is they're supposed to do mm. and simplify your directions with keywords and the most important idea. So whatever it is you really want them to focus in on, set, be very concise, clear and concise, explicit. And I promise you that's going to help many other students in your classroom too. It is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll catch myself. I'll get so wordy and I'm like, oh, you know, narrow it down more, wrap it up. Yes. Clear, concise, explicit. Those three things are, that really just needs to be a part of our goal. Mm-hmm. We're going to be clear. We're going to be concise. We're going to be explicit. Mm. If your state uses tests as your evaluation tool or um, not tests, we use tests, but the Charlotte Danielson framework, you know, that's that in that 3A category of communicating uh-huh. with students, how important it is um, yeah. to be so, so explicit. That's right. Help them. We said this earlier, but help them highlight keywords or ideas 
on whatever work it is that you're having them do and then check in on them. Don't mm-hmm. just send them off, but you got to keep yeah. checking in on them. Make them, show them what correct looks like and then show them examples of what is incorrect. But before you show them what's incorrect, make sure they understand what's correct. Correct, yes. Ex- good exemplars. They That's need to know. Mapped mm-hmm. on their brain first. That's right. If we practice, show them uh, those sheets, I think Jeff Anderson has put this in my head, but those sheets that we have done that they have to correct so many things, they are seeing so much incorrect. How do they know? Let's give them mm-hmm. what is right, a lot of what is right, and let them right. emulate that. Because not I, lots of wrong. That's right. So, so like- once sentences where we, you know, fix all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Those really great sentences and then have them create them. You yes. know, and then people. go back and give them some to correct once they have, once they've studied them and they've written them and practiced yes. them. I think Anderson's approach to teaching language has six different parts. And I think editing is the, la- it's, the fifth step. I think you're right. Yeah. Like it, it's at the very end that they're mm-hmm. at. And so that is just super key to remember is we need to show them the right way first. Yes. Another thing we need to do is whatever work we're giving them, have it go from easiest to hardest. Okay. The beginning of it, have it be some review and practice mm-hmm. and then work up to what is the hardest for them because they will give up. Yeah. I have to do the hardest thing first. And doing that bridge of known to unknown is always just so helpful. It it sure is. Yeah. Breaking everything into smaller steps. Give them a rubric. Give them an exemplar and a rubric. Okay. Or a checklist so they can move down down that list to make sure Mm -hmm. they've got all the parts. Uh, with my sixth graders, we're working on writing essays. We've created a checklist together of what our essay needs to have. So that way they know that they're putting in there the parts they want to do. Cause these are smart kids. They're Mm -hmm. sharp. Yeah. Very sharp. They just don't do things as quickly reading (laughs) and writing. Spelling is going to be the last thing to come. Um, so Let's be uh, gracious mm-hmm. with that and help yeah. them with with editing that spelling at the end because that's going to be, they are, for the most part, until they've learned all the rules and have practiced them and read extensively, their um, spelling is going to be weak. Mm-hmm. Some of my students, their spelling is so weak, I don't know that spell check would pick, would pick it up. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. These children need daily routines that don't change. They don't deal well with with that change. So in our lessons that we do, I have a schedule. You can't see it from here, but I have my schedule up and we mark off. In fact, usually one student is in charge of marking off each part of our lesson as we go. So that schedule stays very um, secure. Mm-hmm. And and so they know what's coming next. And maybe if you do, like I'm thinking about one of my favorite second grade teachers, Mary Beth, she does um, some routines each week, you know, like 
um, it'll come up where they do some Elkonin box things and things like that. And she has a structure and it's not happening every day, but so maybe if you do something even like that, yes, like, you can just pop that up and check it off if you're following a routine. Yeah. And it might look like something like, um, new learning, decoding practice, fluency, and you That's might not do the same activity every day. Hmm. Decoding practice will be the same. Then you'll have a fluency section and then you'll have a spelling or phonemic awareness and spelling section. Okay. So it might be different activities within that. So almost like we could do it, just our structure of the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah they really need that. And I, I check those things off. <laughs> I know. I know. I need that. I need that. I need that for me as a teacher. Um, balance your presentations and activities. They they need breaks in there, like a catch and release where they stop, do a little bit, come back, discuss. Um, and they and that doesn't necessarily mean that they just stop. It just means like a shift, you know, in what they're doing. Yeah. 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 So. That's right, because that helps you, too, as a teacher, almost like a formative assessment. Mm -hmm. I've taught this lesson. Now we're going to practice it. We're going to take a break and talk about what we've done. I know if they're on the right track. Yeah. I sure don't want them to get way, way down yeah, into the work and be having practiced it or done it incorrectly. Um, make sure that you're meeting with them in small groups, mm. even if it's just a check-in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every so, kid deserves that. Oh, they do. I know. I was in a junior high last year and I walked into this junior high classroom, history, junior high history classroom, social studies, and a teacher was pulling small groups and oh. I just wanted to kiss her feet. Yes. <laughs> made me so happy. I went back to the principal and I said, she's amazing. She goes, oh, you don't have to tell me anything. I already know. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I just yeah, think that, intentionally plan small groups with mm -hmm. targeted instruction on what they need um, gives you fruit. It sure does. The other kids can be working together in groups. <laughs> yeah. And you can pull, you can work with a small group. I worked with, uh, you and I both worked with Kathy Foss. She passed away. Did you know that? Oh, this no. year. Yeah. I know. And she would set up her book clubs in small groups and then she would just drop in on each little book club. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mnemonic devices are <laughs> so helpful for them. Yeah. And that's like my very educated mother, like those things. Yes. Mercury, Venus, Earth, you know, like yes. tricks. Yes. Homes to remember the Great Lakes. Huron, yeah. Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior right homes. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it without the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me either. Yeah. Um, I do uh, PEMDAS for um, oh, yeah. an equation. Exponents. Yeah. 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 I, I would never remember the order of operations if I didn't hadn't learned that. Um, I think that's important. These two, so one thing that I did not mention last week, but I do want to tell you is that 
kids with dyslexia, the family or family members with dyslexia, the family members often refer to them as the storytellers of the of or the historians of the family. Okay. I know that was true of my dad. He was an amazing storyteller and he had a vivid memory of, of things that happened in his past. Yeah. Um, and he would tell these stories. So I told him one time, daddy, do you know that's because you have dyslexia because dyslexics have very good episodic memories. Mm-hmm. They remember episodes. So when we appeal to that part of their brain and help them see stories and see how things work um, using videos in our classroom to demonstrate a science, scientific mm-hmm. um, principle. I'm not a science teacher, but, or a history print, you know, something that visual, not just a picture, but helping them kind of store away an episode. Yeah. Bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Bring it to life. Absolutely. Yeah. Acting it out, mm-hmm. acting out like you did. With um, your child acting out a a word or a, a word concept or yeah anything. a math problem. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at grades, we grade students on what is mastered. Okay, not on things like spelling. We don't grade them on fluency. Please don't do that. Um, they can be graded on spelling if it's something that you're explicitly teaching. But if we give them a writing assignment, then spelling is not something we're going to grade on. What is it? What is our objective? Okay. And make sure we're grading for that objective. Okay. If it's organization, yeah. then let's grade for organization. So like if it's, a, if I'm explaining my math thinking, then don't count me off on my spelling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Don't do that. Um, Kids who have dyslexia like to do reports in different ways. So they may want to do an oral presentation. They may want to do a PowerPoint. Okay. Now they're going to have to write some. Mm -hmm. They do better typing it. My my kids were doing it in Google Docs uh, for their writing. They just do better. It catches their spelling mistakes and they're just faster at it. Yeah. Uh, So that does help them. Posters, artwork, those kinds of presentations work better. So if you are teaching a content area, let them do a presentation, let them do, uh, I don't know, a video yeah, or make them a little cartoon or something. Yeah. So giving them different ways to present their learning and different ways to respond to test questions like circling. I know for, uh, for them, a lot of times for spelling, they can pick which one's right. They may not be able to spell it, but they'll recognize which one's correct. Yeah. Just so they can circle the correct answer. It's so heavy. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. They all need extended time for test. And a lot of them need a quiet room. Mm. Yeah. With no distractions, putting on some headphones with some white noise. Yeah. White noise or something. Yeah. Yeah. So changing the the way they respond. Kids, I have a little boy in third grade that I may have talked about him last week. I'm really worried about his fine motor skills. So I checked to see if he uh, got OT and he does. Mm-hmm. So his response, the way he responds does not need to be written mm-hmm. because he already is in an occupational therapy for handwriting 
and it's 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 painful to watch him try to write. Yeah, so he, I know it'll break your heart. Yeah, I need outlines and graphic organizers. They need to be close to you so they can, mm-hmm. and just proximity. Yeah. Uh, we need to teach them how to do like a, a calendar for mm-hmm. assignments as they get go through the grades, progress through. Reduce copying. Copying is not a... I'll never forget when David was in third grade, I've told the story a thousand times, and he looked at me with those little glasses and said, why do I have to have definition deficit disorder? Because <laughs> he was writing definitions out of the back of the spelling book. And I remember the definition he was writing was for the contraction, it's. I mean, really? Yeah. What, what did that accomplish? Nothing. Copying is just the most, one of the most passive things that you can do. It is so mm-hmm. passive and yeah. it's just not, I mean, there are times they'll need to copy something for maybe they're, they're writing a sentence and they're feeling, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There are times they will need to write something that you've got written down, right. but just that just copying for the sake of copying, copying is just the worst thing we can do for them. For any kid, really. The teachers that trained at Williams, I would have them raise their right hand and say, I will never have my students copy definitions. Oh my gosh. There are so many great things you can do with vocabulary, you know. Maybe but they'll actually to, learn it. Yeah. Maybe we need to do an episode about vocabulary. I think we do. Yeah. I thought of another one we need to do today, but I forgot to write it down and now I can't remember. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, help the... Uh, Highlight if they're not highlighted. If you're passing something out that you want them to do, put an asterisk by what they need to do, or a star or a dot. We do code and read sentences every day, and I go around the room and I put a check mark by the ones that for each student. They all do different ones, and I put a check mark by the ones I want each student to do because there's a lot of words on those pages and they get mixed up. Focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So to know problems like things yeah. like that we can yeah just yeah again make sure your work is from heart easiest to hardest that success builds some confidence and they just don't give up so easily mm-hmm. and i think that just the you know making sure that we are holding our patients and showing love and encouragement and that's one of the best things we can probably do. It really is. I have a little girl. She's a fifth grader. Oh my gosh. She would love her. She's so precious. And we got ready to do our oral reading fluency progress, progress monitoring. She said, I'm, I'm not a good reader. And I said, did you know your brain hears everything you say? And she said, it does. I said, yeah. And you don't want it to believe that. <laughs> oh, your brain, you are wonderfully made and you're brilliant. Yes. And she did so well on that little <laughs> progress monitoring. I said, I want you to look at this. You made zero mistakes. Mm-hmm. Not one. Right. Not one good reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In math, if you don't use graph paper, which is probably the best thing for them, because especially if they're having trouble writing down the problems and lining up the numbers, turn your paper vertically so they can use the lines going up and down. Oh, how easy is that? So easy. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. They need number strips, number lines, letter letters. They need calculators. We need uh, work samples up and around for them to see what what it needs to look like, even if that's created by us. Um, they need to work with partners. Mm-hmm. They get a lot from working 
in groups, small groups with partners. They can, for older kids, encourage them to share notes with each other. Okay. Maybe if you've had them take notes, have them get together and compare notes. Yeah, that's like a TPT strategy, total participation technique, where you can confer, compare, clarify, I think. Yes, it is. Uh, it sure is. Yeah. Um, give them time to get up and move around. Brain breaks are important. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And just make sure that you're sensitive to their needs. Every student with uh, characteristics of dyslexia is different. They all have strengths in different areas. There's all different kinds of mind strengths. Some are better with puzzles and putting those things together. Some are better with math and some aren't. Okay. Some, some are better visualizing. Some are better with words. My brother, I told you, took apart a motor at nine mm-hmm. and put it back together. So they all have their own different strengths. Right. And so figure out what they're good at mm-hmm. and let them shine in that area. Yeah. Talk yeah. about it. Maybe show it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are easy accommodations that really don't take a, a ton of effort. Just being thoughtful. Yes. Oh, man. Way to go, Kim. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Teaching's hard. Yeah, Teaching is hard. It's a hard job. And I, I really think this doesn't have to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a difference it can make. Yeah. Seriously, if you add read write on for high school people, mm-hmm. that is one one thing checked off your list. Right. Oh, gosh. I just think. Yeah. How, how helpful it would be. Super helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think? You I love just, them. Thank you okay. so much. I'm going to start pre-teaching. <laughs> yeah. Pre-teaching. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kim. Why didn't we think of that, Laura? Good grief. I know. Uh-oh. Like I'm just thinking about all these schools I'm working with on intervention time. And maybe we should just, we should mix it up and do some pre-teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, something to ponder on, people. Something to ponder on. Okay. Well, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Please share the podcast with others, rate and review, all those things. I mean, think about how many kids we could help by sharing these tips. Absolutely. On social media, look us up, like us and follow us. And make sure you download this podcast. That's right. If you can download it um, and that will just kind of help us get a feel for how many people we're reaching. Um, And if you have any ideas for us, holler. Yeah. Let (laughs) us know. We want to know. We're we're here to help you and make your life better Mm -hmm. and there's lots of students. Absolutely. That is like number one on our, um, on our hearts when we do this podcast. So, okay guys, we hope you have a great week. See you next time. Bye-bye.